Hey everyone, this is Michael, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. Today on our podcast, we talk about God's last call in Hosea chapter 14. I'm joined by Taylor Weaver and our guest, Semu Sialoga. Uh, my name is uh, Semu, uh, and I'm a, a recent graduate of Southwestern Adventist University. I uh, got my undergrad in uh, theology. Now I'm taking classes online with Andrews uh, towards my MDiv. So we're doing, uh, this is my second semester. So praise the Lord for that opportunity. And I'm just glad to be here uh, with you all on this podcast. Before we jump into our conversation today, I just wanted to do a quick shout out. One of our listeners wrote to us on our Instagram feed and told us how she's been sharing this podcast with some of her friends and the impact that it's made. So Raquel said, today I shared this specific podcast with two friends that are just starting their walk with Jesus. And I want to thank you all for showing others that our God is a God of love and not one of fury and condemnation. Thanks to Raquel for engaging with us on our Instagram. And hey, we want to hear from everyone else as well. So if you want to leave us a comment at this is Elevate TX or over at Elevate or Retake, we'd love to hear from you. And also, you can click the link down in the comments and leave us a voice message. We would love to hear from you in that way. So without further ado, let's dive into Hosea chapter 14, God's last call. All righty. So jumping in, I have... I have a few points. It was it was another one of those messages that I was like, oh, wow, I resonate with this. I feel this and I love it. And it was another similar to last week's. We were in chapter 10 of Hosea. And I don't know. I just again, I felt the overwhelmingness of God saying how much he loved us. But mm-hmm. then even though even though um, I know at one point you didn't quite point it out, but I immediately like heard your voice from last sermon mm. about um, how God is was acting like a father figure or a mother figure or that parental figure mm. in our lives. And I was like, oh my goodness, all he wants is like us to repent to him and say, I need you so much. So that was, yeah. that was the number one thing that stood out to me. Um, fa- father figure. And it's mm-hmm. such an important point because some grow up without a father figure in their life. And so sometimes we, uh, or they uh, grow up with a, a different or a distorted image of who God is. Yes. And uh, so it's always uh, great to know that we have such a, even if we don't have a father figure here on earth, mm-hmm. God, who's the ultimate father figure, you know, is there to serve as our example. And not only does he serve as an example, but he wants to get involved as well. Mm-hmm. And, and he wants to have that relationship with us to fulfill that father figure. Yes. Yeah. The passage I was actually thinking of wasn't, I didn't quote it. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> I never remember what I say, but <laughs> I was actually, uh, I was reading this morning in Deuteronomy chapter one. It says, and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord carried you just as a man carries his son mm-hmm. in all the way which you have walked until you came to this place. So that imagery of the the father figure, uh, and there's other places in scripture that God talks about the his his wings that were sheltered underneath his wings, taking mm-hmm. on that kind of motherly figure as well as a as a um, as a mother hen will encapsulate her her children underneath their wings. That's a I love that powerful powerful mm-hmm. imagery. I think it's important to remember in talking about how God is saying, "Come to me, I will forgive you." Sometimes, mm-hmm. I know for me personally, it's really easy to say like, oh, I kind of, I'm kind of like on this path, so I'll stay for a little bit longer. Then I'll come back and ask for forgiveness. And God is like, no, here and now. And that, oh my goodness. I, I really loved how 
it was talking about how much God wants us to be able to show that love to others. Mm -hmm. And that stood out to me because Mm -hmm. in my personal prayer time, I have been focusing on not only praying about like, oh, this or that that's going on in my life, but specifically saying, use me. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't know how, or I don't know until you put me in that situation. Because oftentimes I feel like it's hard to figure out how to love people. And I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but getting into it more, I really felt God calling. And I'm trying to remember what verse it was in, whether it was in six, whenever you talked about it. Oh, it was in six, how he talks about, I want to show love. His branches will spread out like beautiful olive trees. Oh, maybe that's not it. I'm trying to remember what verse you were talking about. But he was saying, yeah, now I'm like oh, questioning my notes. Verse four. Verse four. Oh, verse four. Yes. Freely. Yes. Yeah. And how he talks about how much he wants to show us love, we yeah. should have that towards others. Yep. And that's mm-hmm. what's so hard to find sometimes yeah. in our yeah. hearts. Yeah. And I think that's why Hosea finishes with that last uh, kind of summary in verse nine. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those who with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. And so in the same way that we've seen what love does, we know who love is, that when we understand who God is, he calls us to walk in his paths. And his paths are ways of, of loving, of, of an abundant love towards the people around us. Mm-hmm. And we get to be conduits and to be uh, the, the people of God who show love to others. True. And, you know, also in verse 4, it begins with, I will heal their backsliding. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting statement because the word heal is used there. Yes. So backsliding is not so much a crime, but more so of a disease Ooh. that, yeah. you know, that God brings healing. It so is. he doesn't pardon us. Or, you know, there's not some kind of pardon that, you know, he's looking for, uh, that he gives us or, you you know, it's a more of a healing. So like like you mentioned there earlier, mm-hmm. forgiveness is more of us coming before God, before God and experiencing forgiveness first for ourselves, mm-hmm. healing our backsliding. Yes. And then when we go forward, and, you know, and, and and be a blessing to others. You know, it comes from a place where we have experienced it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then that's what, you know, the book of Hosea talks about as well. He, he has a personal experience of, you know, being uh, backslided against. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and so his personal life is his experience of of, of of God's experience with Israel as well. And us too, even in our day, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, uh, speaking personally, you know, I find myself in a position, you know, where, oh, man. Or where did these thoughts come from? Where, yes. Why did I say that? You know, why did mm-hmm. I do that? Yeah. So it's just a moment of, you know, realizing that, oh man, let me go and experience God's forgiveness once again so I can come back a better man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that because my Bible, instead of backsliding, my Bible says faithlessness. Mm. Yeah. I completely resonate with that. It's just, I don't know. I feel like that kind of hits home. Um, and I love what you're talking about, Pastor Michael, because you brought about, I have a point in my notes. Um at some point in your sermon, you brought about um, the ending verse that we all stand and say and elevate. Yeah. And I can't tell you, I know you know where that's from. It's Thessalonians, <laughs> isn't it? First Thessalonians yes. 5, 23 and 24. So I love how that ends. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Yeah. And often I kind of don't pay too much attention to it. It's like, you know, you're standing, you're saying, you're like, oh, this is nice. We're mm-hmm. a family. But mm-hmm. whenever you stop and think about it, the past few times I've been in church, I say that. And I have to remind myself that even if I don't know where I'm going or how I'm helping or being a light for God, it's like he's faithful whenever I'm whenever I'm not, whenever I feel faithless, 
he's the faithful one and he knows how he's going to use me. In the Bible, there's this analogy about how God leads us. It comes from Psalm 119 and it says, the word of God is a light to our feet or a lamp to our path. And I think the way God operates is that he just gives us enough light to take the next step. It's not about knowing the end from the beginning. We have the opportunity to respond in faith. And sometimes God calls us and we don't know where we're going, but he is still faithful. We've made decisions in our lives, things that we're not proud of. God is still faithful and he's calling us to take that next step. Historical background that Hosea is writing, or the time that Hosea is writing this book is uh, Israel, there's imminent danger coming for Israel, or they're mm-hmm. in the midst of imminent danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, outwardly, you know, they're they're prospering, they're, you know, uh, things are going well in society, but inwardly, you know, yeah. they are um, uh, facing issues mm-hmm. and they are lacking God. Yeah. And, I, uh, you know, and yeah. even in uh, re- relevancy in our society today, you know, uh, political issues, social injust- injustice, uh, racial ten- tensions, mm-hmm. and all these things are becoming relevant and you know, it's uh, slowly, it's becoming a society without God. Exactly. And, I, you know, and we need, uh, we need God now more than ever. Mm-hmm. And well, like mm-hmm. Michael shared, you know, in uh, chapter 14 is like, he's given this last claw, this last pleading, you know, please come back to me because he sees the beginning and end. And it's still today, he sees beginning from men as well. And he knows what's, what's to come. And he yeah. knows, you know, what's in store for us. So he's uh, pleading with us as a people, us as a church, us as community, us personally to please, please. Now is a time of salvation, not yeah. tomorrow, not next week, but now, today. Yeah. And I think I think that's something I know I can personally relate to about going going on what both of you have said is that it's so it's so easy to get caught up in what rules do I need to follow or mm-hmm. you know prayer tithing this and that and knowing that the end time is near and that he is coming I feel that pressure of like okay, it's time to like really get serious now. And I don't, I don't want to view my relationship with God or sitting down with the Bible as, you know, hard to do. I want to Mm -hmm. like run to it, to enjoy it. And I don't know if you have any like tips on, you know, basically like taking, taking from verse four, feeling Mm -hmm. faithless and wanting to turn to God, but not wanting it to feel like rules and regulations or I have to do this because that's not the relationship at all. Sometimes it's hard to remember that. Yeah. I think what uh, we have to remember, and and some of you pointed it out, like we've got today. Like Mm -hmm. today is all we've got to worry about. Uh, And in my own journey right now, I'm trying to figure out how to be more physically fit because, Mm -hmm. you know, I just... (laughs) Like pandemic, you know, those pandemic pounds came on and it's like, Mercy. all right, we got to we got to do something about this. Mercy. And so I use that as illustration. Um, all I can worry about is today. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, I could have these aspirations of like, oh, I'm going to do this incredible workout plan, this like 30 day cleanse and like this thing. Mm-hmm. All of that is well, but I've got to decide today that I'm going to do that. Mm. I can't just be like, yeah, okay, February is going to be the month. No, yeah. February 1 starts today mm-hmm. when we're recording this. And I've got to be diligent and faithful to that plan today. Uh, and so to translate that to, I think, a personal devotional life and a personal connection with Jesus, in what ways can I find connection with God today? Mm-hmm. Maybe this morning I didn't wake up and turn to my Bible immediately. Maybe I got on uh, Twitter, Instagram, so whatever. Like you did it, cool. 
like move on. <laughs> um, how can you connect with God today? Is that a conversation with a friend? Is it a conversation with a neighbor? Is it, um, you know, uh, thinking about a memory verse that you learned when you were really young? It's mm-hmm. John three sixteen. Uh, is it um, pulling out your Bible and just kind of flipping it open and, and, and maybe reading uh, some of those red letter words in one of the gospels from Jesus? It's not about, um, maybe sometimes we miss the opportunity in the morning and we, you know, we mm-hmm. feel down and you know, but it's not about, um, it's, it's better to do it than never do it. So yes. whatever yeah. moment yeah. that may be, you know, you realize maybe in the, in the mid morning or in the middle of the day, like, oh, I didn't take this time with God just to pray or just to read a verse, mm-hmm. do it right there. And then yeah. <laughs> sometimes, uh, you know, we, we become uh, so, um, uh, mad at ourselves that we, we don't even take the time to open it because, you know, like, oh, that yeah. time passed missed already. It. We yeah. missed it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the other thing is, you know, sometimes we only open the Bible for devotion or maybe to study, to prep a sermon, but, uh, try reading the Bible just to read the Bible, you know, just to yeah. open it up. And mm-hmm. in those moments, you know, yeah. sometimes uh, we we uh, read a lot of other stuff in, yes. in our free moments. But uh, just opening the Bible and just reading maybe a familiar story, David and Goliath, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. And, uh, you know, that has helped me as well. For some reason, it doesn't feel as casual to just be like, oh, I'm going to open my Bible. I've got like two minutes here. Let me just read. You know, but I want that to be normalized. I think yeah. that that's something that's really important to be normalized. In what ways have you incorporated a relationship with God into your everyday life? Do you read? Do you think? Do you pray? You know, it doesn't always have to be super big and it doesn't have to be super profound. It just needs to be a moment that you and God are able to connect, a a moment to reflect. There's a, a song by Mr. Rogers and it's entitled, What Do You Do With the Mad That You Feel? And it's kind of a playful song and he's encouraging the children that watch his television program to think about a way that when they feel mad, they go and do something else to help them respond to the mad that they're feeling. He encourages them, maybe punch a bag of clay uh, or maybe uh, some dough, maybe go play some tag, see how fast that they can run. And, you know, we're not talking about being mad in this particular instance, but I think the principle still applies. In your everyday life, are you inviting God into your emotions and into your responses? Do the things that happen to you, does that cause you to turn towards God? When you feel mad, when you feel angry, when you feel frustrated, upset, when you feel joyful and happy, do you take a moment to invite God into that experience? And I think that's the first steps to experiencing a close relationship with God. Well, is you know sometimes I lose focus as well. Oh yeah. And uh, God allows me to experience things to get my attention again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know sometimes um, sometimes the issues that we face maybe in our lives is you know God allows it to get our attention yeah. to to make us focus again. And you know I reminded of the the story of Peter. Remember when he's walking on water with Christ yeah. and he takes his eyes off of Christ. His focus is on the waves, on yeah. the storms, on the things that's battering the boat, and he begins to sink and. Um, yeah. So I think God is uh, here calling uh, through his prophet Hosea uh, to uh, have Israel refocus. I'm trying to get your attention. Hello, mm-hmm. yeah. please come back. <laughs> yeah. And talking about refocusing, I love how after he says, stay away from idols, he specifically tells us, I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else is going to care for us the way that God can. So why do we turn to other worldly things? Yeah. Or mm. sometimes we even turn to other people for comfort, which is totally okay. Like I do that a lot, but oftentimes we don't turn to God first. 
whenever just turning to him and, you know, letting whatever is out and whatever is on our hearts and mm. giving it over to him and then turning to a friend and being like, hey, this went, but man, God got me through it. Yeah. When, how often do we do that? I know yeah. I don't do that often. Mm. I get so frustrated that I'm like, oh, when can I talk to my friend next? Or like, <laughs> when am I going to be able to get this out? But yeah. he's trying to remind us that he's the one that is always listening, whether we're praying, whether we're just talking in our heads, mm. like he's the one that's caring about every single word that comes to our mind yeah. and through our mouths. Yeah. I'm reminded of the song by Stephanie Gretzinger. Uh, she, I don't know when this song was written, but it came out last March and it's a song called No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. Mm. And here's the, the lyrics to the chorus. No one ever, ever cared for me like Jesus. His faithful hand has held me all this way. And when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on the earth, let it be known in you alone, my joy was found. To think about, you know, he cares about every single person in this world and he cares about you and he cares about me. And I think that's a picture of God that this world needs to see. Yes. That God cares for you. Not that he's got this checklist of things to do. This, I think he's got a love, a God of compassion and a God of mercy and he wants what's best for you. Mm. You know, may I say that, you know, God can do all things. Mm -hmm. But can I just say for a moment that there are three things that God cannot do. God cannot die. God cannot lie. And God never fails. Mm. And sometimes, you know, in our situations, in our problems, we make him the last resort. Yeah. And we make uh, other things uh, uh, the first resort, like, like what Taylor was saying. Mm -hmm. But, you know, God never fails us. Mm -hmm. And if we recognize that, you know, we'll make him our, our first uh, uh, resort and maybe... Maybe the only one that we can yes. turn to in yeah. that situation, you know? Yeah. I love how Semu put it. God cannot die. God cannot lie. And God never fails. He remains faithful. He will never let you down. His response might not be what you think it should be, but he's never going to let you down. And I think in turn, that gives us the hope that we can never give up that we can never stop having faith. We can't stop loving each other because God gives us the example that says, I remain faithful. Therefore, that gives us the courage to step forward in that response. My prayer lately has been, oh Lord, give me a missional mindset mm. where I'm able to read your word, see what, what does it tell me about your character? Who are you speaking to? And what is your exact mission? Look at the life of Hosea and Gomer and look at God and his um, unconditional love that he has towards Israel in the book of Hosea. And I believe that he was talking to a people that he has called for a certain time and for a certain mission with a peculiar message. But yet they find themselves in a situation of their own choices and um, because of their own um, doings where they are committing adultery against God, you know, in in context to what the book tells us. And mm -hmm. so the, I think, you know, how should we love? I think it's first recognizing the love that God has shown us in our own lives, mm -hmm. time after time, day after day, moment after moment, especially in the times of our failings. And the, the question that, are, when I think about this question, I, and I was pondering on it, I was like, Lord, why do you love me? What is the mission that you have for me? Mm -hmm. You know? Because you bless me, how can I be a blessing to others because of experiencing your love in this way? Yeah. So I think, you know, they, and one of the things that um, God has shown me is that he has, he has allowed me to experience certain things 
and he has allowed me to um, sometimes fall as well, and you know, have me uh, have me face the consequences of my choices. Yeah, and in respect, he has you know uh, given me forgiveness and has shown me his love, so that I can be a blessing to others who are going through the same experience. Mm-hmm. And you know, Lord has the Lord has brought people uh, within my path, within my walk, who has gone through some experiences that I have gone through. Mm-hmm. So it has been. Um, I don't want to say easier, but it has been more effective in me yeah. being missional towards them because, you know, I know where they're coming from. So I think, you know, um, uh, the big picture is, you know, why should we love or, you know, why then or how then should we love? It's just uh, us understanding that God has chosen us to be uh, a part of this time living now and, you know, to be a yeah. part of his church, a part of his, this community because he has a mission for us. And uh, so, yeah. you know, uh, he has shown us love to, to love. And uh, mm-hmm. like what Michael said, you know, um, what what love does, we can know we can, know, we can know, we can know who love is. Sorry, I messed that up. I've so enjoyed this journey through the book of Hosea. When we see what love does, we can know who love is. If you haven't had the chance to listen to all the episodes about Hosea that he takes in the messages, I encourage you to do that. I absolutely believe that they're 100% binge-worthy and you could knock them out in an afternoon. But I hope that you've gotten the chance to get a look at what love does through the eyes of Hosea. When we see what love does, when we see the example of who God is or what God does, then we have a better understanding of who God is. We can make assumptions about him and hear from other people, but when we take a look at the actions that he takes towards us, when we see his love and his dedication and his faithfulness, it's then we can see his heart and we can understand that God is love. As always, thanks so much for checking us out on social media. We got the links in the description below. You can also leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. And above all else, it's my hope and prayer that through this podcast, you come to have a closer relationship with God.